big one this week for the first time in about a month. Toronto FC is playing a truly meaningful soccer match as they take on Pacific in the Canadian Championship semifinals at BMO Field tomorrow night. My name is Mitchell Tierney. This is Waking the Red Weekly, presented by Footy Talks Live. And on this week's show, we'll chat a big week for the Young Guns, the latest on Sebastian Javinko and plenty other TFC and Canadian soccer topics to get us set for the big game. The man who's basically our West Coast correspondent at this point, Alexandre Gongay-Huzik of Between the Sticks, will join us to chat Pacific, Whitecaps, plenty more. But first, as always, the main man, Jeffrey P. Nesker, Michael Singh. What's up, boys? Mitch, you got some purple? On there on yeah, purpose? It's like Is a, that on purpose? Oh, maybe. <laughs> Buddy, big week, Buddy. big week. And honestly, yeah, yeah. the week we've been waiting for for a while now because TAC's season has virtually been over. They've been on record saying that this is the, the one thing that they're gearing towards, and mm-hmm. it's finally here. So big one coming up uh, tomorrow night at BMO Field. How do you feel about it, Mike? I know, I know you were the only one of us that were super confident about that York United tie. Are you as confident going into this uh, round as you were the last one? Um, I'm confident. I'm not as confident though, because Pacific okay. is a way better team than, than York is. Um, but that being said, I mean, like they've also shown that they could beat an MLS side and a mm-hmm. decent MLS side, as we'll get into a little bit later on the show in Vancouver Whitecaps already. Um, that being said, you know, a match away from home, you know, they're they're at BMO Field this time and Toronto FC, you know, like I said, they've been resting their players for this this event, you know, Pozuelo's back, you got Altador there, and you know, a couple of the young guns are starting to show up for TFC as well. So I am confident that TFC is gonna comfortably come away with a victory. That being said, I don't think it'll be in the same fashion that that they did uh York on that rainy night. What was yeah. the final score for the York game again? I'm blanking. 4-0. 4-0? Well, it's funny because our boy John Molinaro was on a podcast uh, out of the West Coast and his prediction, this this really this really surprised me, was 3-0 TFC. I don't know if you, I've ever gotten a prediction out of him. And 3-0 yeah. TFC is pretty... <laughs> Is pretty uh, is a pretty bold prediction. So uh, I think that's what I would have went for too. To be honest with mm-hmm. you, I was thinking like three 0 like one step down from York. Um, one step down, I, exactly I, one step. Yeah, down. I, I love it. Yeah, I don't know if Marco mm-hmm. Bustos has some magic in, in him to pull one back for Pacific, but I'm liking I'm liking TFC's chances. Well, the player remember Martin. Okay, go ahead. Go player ahead, I'm watching for, and I actually chatted with him yesterday for something very unrelated to this match, but Manny Aparicio coming back to Toronto FC, obviously one of the, the club's first uh, you know academy signings there, and, and a guy who's gone on to, to quite a career in Spain, and then, of course, coming back to York, and most recently with Pacific. You know, I, think, I, think he, I think he'll be up for this one. He's having a great year. He scored a header the other day, which for you know a five-foot-nothing guy is very impressive, and that's a guy who was pretty big in, in their win over Vancouver, so if you, if you want to look for a guy, you know, obviously Bustos will be the guy making all the headlines just because of his his talent and the fact that he's probably the best player in the Canadian Premier League. But man, he's and you're be- you're burying the lead. He also did not play for Vancouver's uh, decimation job by Pacific, right? right? Yeah, and he so there. he's got a lot of he's got a lot of excess uh, 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 giant killer energy. Coming into this, Mitch match. just wanted to say he chatted with Manny yesterday. Of course, I know. He's yeah. to slide I know. that in there. There's yeah, nothing yeah, yeah. to do. That, with that won't be. Okay. That won't be the last time this episode either. He's going to find a way to yeah. segue into his great big <laughs> chat with Manny about non-soccer reasons for for the rest of the episode. Uh, Mitch, give me your prediction before before we uh, before we have to pretend like we care about Pacific when when Alexandros here. 
Oh man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do this. <laughs> no. Mm. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go three, one TFC, but I think it's going to be a close three, one. Like I think they get one at the end and I think it's a bit of a nail biter. Um, I still think that the, the talent of Toronto FC and, and how meaningful this is to a bunch of the guys, you know, you talk about Oso and how he shows up for Canadian championship games, guys like Richie Larea, um, I think I think this will be a really meaningful game for for those guys, and they'll want to do it for Justin Morrow as well. So I think that I think they get it done, but I do think it's much much closer. Like I don't think York really was absolutely you know they look second class compared to to TFC. I don't think that will be the case in this match. I, I couldn't see through the water it. droplets around my eyes, like just hitting me in the face. So I trust it was a good game, but I was trying not to blow away. Um, <laughs> Uh, Graham, Graham brings up something interesting, but I do think we should probably save that for when uh, AGR is here, which is the Taryn Campbell suspension, because um, that does put a spanner in the works mm. for, for Pacific. Um, but that's a deep you know, team. That's another thing. Yeah, Pacific, is they like, are a deep they, team. Yeah, there, there are plenty, including York, like there are plenty of Canadian Premier League teams who would have a player like that out and not be able to to come back for it. But Pacific's got a lot of attacking options, especially like we said with Bustos back now. Yep. yep. I, guys, mm. I, I like the talk. I like the chat. But TFC, is, I think, is going to roll over Pacific. Like, in terms of playing-wise, too. Like, I think if you look back at that York match, like, that match could have been, like, 6-7-0. Um, I know Pacific isn't York. But if you think about TFC's roster, like they got finally got a, a healthy Alejandro Pozuelo, and he makes more than the entire Pacific roster combined. <laughs> he does. He does. It's, and then you throw Josmer on there, and and like mm-hmm. it's it's just we're playing with house money at that point. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. And to uh, to add to that, like like I mentioned off the bat, like we have guys who are starting to round it to form. Like TFC is starting to look. Um, definitely better than they did at the start of the season but you want to talk about a guy like jacob schaffelberg imagine him in form now with playing with confidence running at pacific's back line like there are mls sides that are struggling to to keep up with jacob right now and mm-hmm. i don't i don't see a, a team like pacific doing it again you want to throw ozo into that mix you know ozo gave a lot of love to york united players when they played but we know what ozo's and then, then he went out and, <laughs> and crushed them on the pitch exactly <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, I mean, I, I'm most looking forward to seeing how, you know, JMR and, and Nelson play and Shafts play against a lower level opposition when it's not, you know, a, a That's mud a good pit, show. right? If they get um, it. They yeah, get I don't, yeah, I don't know if yeah. they're, they're guaranteed to play in the same way because, like, like Michael said, they rested a lot of those top guys who I think will see the pitch for the full 90 or close to against Pacific. Sure, sure. I agree. I mean, I don't think Josmer's got 90 minutes in him, so we, we may see, you know, Caruza, uh, uh, the, the most recent goal scorer up front for a couple minutes. I think it mm-hmm. probably behooves Peruza. Jeff, how do you feel about this? The fact mm-hmm. that, that Jordan Peruza has more goals than your boy Patrick Collins. <laughs> I knew that was going to I mean, I already, I, already I, I saw the grin on your face as you were speaking, so I knew Mullins was coming up. <laughs> I mean, Yvonne wrote... Uh, even Patrick Blanks Mullins, please don't call him Blanks Mullins, uh, makes more money than than the Pacific's uh, 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 entire roster. I don't think so. I think the the no, salary cap for it's it's about a million. Uh, my boy Patrick makes what uh, about 
300k or am i thinking of gallardo does i think patrick's closer to 200k but anyway uh our uh, west coast correspondent has arrived shall we uh shall we bring him in amazing yeah let's do it yeah let's do it hello now joined by the man himself alexandre gongay ruzik between the sticks vancouver how you doing alex good how are you guys uh thanks for having me on the show again always a pleasure as usual yeah not bad i'm always uh you know with the with the start time and you being in the west coast i always send you like a like an extra text because i want to make sure you're, you're up and ready to go but you always are so so there's uh, no worries there but there's this yeah. thing called youth and coffee i'm i'm sure it works fantastic <laughs> yeah, you, um, you can shout out to my alarm i guess <laughs> alex you have a different background every time i see you man i mean i, like I just it. Usually I put some jerseys behind me. I, I haven't put them up because we, we, we used to do more live shows back when things were, were more online. So I think that's just a picture of my grandfather. So yeah, shout out to him. <laughs> shout out legend. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, legend. legend. The legend. And the plant is growing well, I see, which is fantastic. Yeah. You, have there a, you, go. you have a green thumb, my friend, and that, that makes you extra trustworthy. Uh, Mitch, let's get us started on the on the questions. Yeah, absolutely. The alarm getting the shout out, the grandfather getting a shout out, big weekend for shout outs <laughs> to start. But yeah, I mean, it, it seems like in terms of, of, you know, Canadian soccer right now, everything's happening out on the West Coast between the Whitecaps being the only team that's that's really looking like they're going to have a playoff push here. And now, of course, Pacific, who have fought their way here to to the Canadian Championship semifinals and, and really impressed along the way. And you know, they come into a BMO field where the last time we saw a CanPL opposition, it it wasn't particularly close. York United were pretty handily played off the pitch. And, you know, we've talked about that a little bit to start the show. But, you know, other than obviously the knowledge that they can beat MLS teams, which Pacific has, what uh, what are some things that coming into this game that might give them an edge? Um, there's a there's a, a lot of things really. I think Pacific, the one thing, if you're gonna go back to their victory over the white caps, is that they don't really have an inferiority complex over bigger teams. I think watching that York game back, York just didn't feel like they could hang with TFC and it kind of got into their heads. And then once they went down a goal or two, you could really tell it weighed on them and then it, it ended up being a, a pretty heavy result. Whereas Pacific in that white caps game. You could just feel it in the building that they were ready for a game like this. They played uh, like their, their their hearts out, and they were missing their best player at the time, the MVP, Marco Bustos, who only returned last week. So he's going to be an added mercenary, I, I guess, I suppose, for, for this game. But they've got a, just a talented group of players, but also a group of players who believe uh, they've got good leadership. And you can tell from from the head coach in, in Pamaduka that he just transfers this this energy to, to the players that can be felt in the, these big games. They like these big games. They relish the big games. If anything, watching them as of late, they seem to get up more for these big games and they, they struggle with these these meaningless or mm -hmm. quote-unquote meaningless games because right now they're focused on, on the prize, which is winning the CPL final uh, and getting to the Canadian Championship final. So I think they'll be, they'll be up for it, if anything, even if maybe, you know, Toronto FC is still a talented team. Like I heard you guys mention off the top. I mean... Just on paper, this shouldn't be close. But I think the one thing Pacific will bring is that they'll they'll work hard, hard they'll be organized, and they'll have belief that no matter how talented they think TFC is, they believe they can still be on that that same field. Let uh, me uh, let me jump in, yeah. Jeff, before oh, we, yeah, yeah. we move on. There. No worries. Um, Pacific wise, who are who are some? We talked about Marco Bustos. We talked about Manny. Who are some other players that we should keep an eye on for Pacific? Like, where are their strong points? Where are their weak points? For those of us who don't know, 
Um, yeah, I mean, you started two good players. I think Bustos, he's obviously kind of the the guy in terms of offense. Everything ends up going through him when he's on the pitch. I think Manny Aparicio is a great shout. I think the fact that Pacific were able to... Hey, to do you know who had a conversation with Manny Aparicio? <laughs> yeah, by the, the way, weekend? just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it's one of you guys. <laughs> no, it's... <laughs> No, I mean, yeah, no, Aparicio certainly, while the reason why Pacific didn't fall off while Bustos was out, it was because how good Aparicio was. I think he might be the team's most important player, even though Bustos will be the quote-unquote MVP. But those are obviously the the main guys, I'd say, offensively keep an eye out for Josh Hurd when he played the Whitecaps. He made Javane Brown, who's been quietly, you know, very good right back in MLS this year, just look like your average Sunday league player. Mm-hmm. Josh Shirty does that to all the the, the fullbacks in, in the CPL. So whoever will be tasked with with, with handling him on the, uh, he usually plays left wing. So whoever's starting at right back for TFC, be it Lorea or Auro, whoever they, they start there these days, will have to be very careful with him. He's very tricky. I think Taron Campbell as well. He became the second ever CPL player to score 10 goals in a season twice. Uh, last This past week, I think it is a weekend. He's been scoring for, for fun. He plays kind of as a right winger, but he'll end up playing filling in a striker, on the wing, he, he pops up in the box and, and then scores goals. So I think those Campbell and Hurd are kind of certainly the guys who will get all the attention will be Bustos Naparicio, but don't forget about Campbell, Hurd, or Alejandro Diaz too, who the former Club America man who can almost be forgotten at times with how, how good Campbell has been doing. He, Diaz is a very lethal striker. He scored against the Whitecaps. He's also one to watch out for. Otherwise, I'd say at the back, Lucas McNaughton has been holding things down. He was elected fan fan uh, player's choice of the year. He's going to be up for this game because he's suspended for the next two after he misses Pacific's last regular season and first playoff game. So he's going to be up for this TFC game. It's all he's got for the next couple of weeks. And he's been very good at both on both ends. He's, you know, obviously a center back, but he he's very a strong aerial threat. And otherwise, I'd say watch out for Caden Chung on the at fullback. He's been playing right and left recently because uh, Kunle Dadaluk's really stepped up a lot as of late. But Caden Chung is, has been one of the best right backs in, in the CPL since first kick. And he can really offer a lot going forward. And, and Pacific look like a better team when he's on the park, which he should be on on Wednesday. I'll tell Full you one person who hasn't like forgotten it. about Taron Campbell. His name's Graham Reed, and he's in our chat. Um, pa confirmed he's he suspended Taron Campbell for this game. Well, in that case, that just means Alejandro Diaz is, is going to step up. And in that case, it's going to be a different dynamic, I find, when, when Diaz is on versus Campbell, just because Campbell... He's kind of he's been playing. I guess we'll, we'll, we've started to call it the Kyle Laren role in Canada, where it's it's a bigger striker, you know, who doesn't like necessarily playing number nine. He starts out on the wing, he drifts inside and, and kind of catches that that channel between the fullback and center back. Uh, and, and 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 you know, he's obviously going to dominate the fullback physically. He just kind of plays that that role where it cut in. He'll score a lot of goals in that channel. So I think just the difference is with Diaz, you get more of a number nine. His hold-up play is, mm-hmm. is fantastic. You'll watch him, I think, against the Whitecaps in particular. He started that game. His, he was untouchable. Every time he'd get the ball, he'd play it off to a teammate, and then he'd get running. So you're going to get more of a, a, a true threat. And I guess it depends to TFC. Uh, depending on their center backs, they're going to have to be yeah. ready for a big duel with him. He's going to hold up the ball. He's going to get in the box. He's, he's a They're never ready for that. Nine. So <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't been ready for that in about two seasons. But uh, I'm going to condense my question into a whole bunch. Um, you know, That'd be you, a first. Sp- you, 
yeah, you keep uh, you keep talking about advantages, and 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 I guess um, I'm going to talk about a disadvantage. So I guess the first part of my question is, do you think playing at BMO really is a disadvantage for Pacific, considering uh, what an advantage Starlight was? And then to roll into that, I think, um, do you think Pacific are deep enough for this two pronged attack, sort of going after the Can Champ and the CPL, like you mentioned earlier? And, uh, and then my final thing is, um, you know, I think it's a huge advantage to these CPL teams, these one and done games. And I, and I understand why, but I think as soon as we're back to a level of normalcy, we really got to go back to two legged for at least the, the, the semi, the, the final rounds, the quarters, the semis and the, and the final. Um, and I wonder if you agree with that. So if you remember what I just said, you can pick yeah, and choose whatever you want. Did answer. you write all those questions down? <laughs> there was like four or five in there. So I guess to start with an advantage, I think it's it's gonna it is a loss for Pacific that the game isn't at Starlight. I think they they just have such a good atmosphere there. I think easily had this game happened, uh, it would have been a five thousand sold out again. Everyone would have been there. I'm sure there would have been some Vancouver fans who would have headed over just to, to give TFC some some misery. So I think it would have been a, a good crowd, uh, all purple, all sold out. And just the, even little things like their surface, it isn't great, but they're so used to playing on it that I noticed, like, for example, in the Whitecaps were there. If you talk to any Whitecaps player, what the worst surface they played on this year, they're all, they're all, they all say Starlight without a doubt. It, it's not a great surface to play on, but Pacific's used to it. And it kind of suits the, the the way they play. So I think it's absolutely a disadvantage. They have one, the best home record in the in the CPL. That, yeah, that York loss this past weekend at home was only their second home loss all season. Which, if you you know, in the CPL, a lot of away there's a lot of away wins. There's not really many teams who have a true home field advantage. Pacific is one of the the teams with the strongest advantage. So I think that mm -hmm. does. You know, it does hurt uh, Pacific that that they're going on the road to, to face Toronto, especially Toronto's familiar with that grass. It's a great surface. I, I do think that's a, a disadvantage. Um, I guess the, the, the second question would have been... Um, Are they deep enough? I remember the third one. The deep enough, yes. Are yeah. they deep enough? I'd say I'd say yes and, and, and no. I think uh, they certainly got one of the deeper rosters in, in the league. And I think one thing that cause really impressed me with is that he's not afraid to, to roll out the lineup. I think going into any given game, other than your main, you know, your main guys, your, your, your Aparicios, your Bustos when he's healthy, your McNaughton's, your Callum Irving's in goal in, in Kane Chung, every, there's always rotation. You never know mm -hmm. what's, what you're going to expect. You'll see guys, like one day Jordan Haynes, for example, is a, is a great left back. He'll be starting and he'll, he'll put up a shift. Next, you know, he'll he'll be on the bench. Ollie Bassett on his day, one of the he's a great midfielder. He mm -hmm. doesn't play regularly just because Ka is so good at, at rotating the squad. So I think as long as they avoid any injuries to to any of their big players, they should have enough to to continue to rotate through because that's what they've been doing all year and. For the most part, they've also been able to get results. I mean, they didn't get that that win they wanted against York on the weekend, but a few days before against Edmonton, they got a huge five to one yeah. win that kind of yeah, gave them that true. home playoff win or home a chance to get home playoff advantage. They weren't playing; uh, they, they they rested a bunch of stars in, in that game, and then they rested a bunch against York. So they've kind of yeah. got this ability to to roll through. It is going to take a toll on their big guys who are playing a lot of minutes, but I think overall they're deep enough to to at least keep fresh from an overall depth standpoint. And then lastly, I think, yeah, it should be a two-legged series to answer Thank your you. last question with the Canadian championship. <laughs> I think 
competitive wise it is the one game knockout is fun i just think it'd be nice if, if it's nice when teams get a chance to host these games and and, and the, the two-legged series does offer that if anything i'd say it's two-legged all the way up to the final and then final you go for the one game just for the Ooh, drama and interesting the, i find in the final with the two leg the first leg is always just so cagey because everyone's like oh it's a final you don't want to risk anything so i'd say yeah. you go one leg for the final two legs for the rest get everyone a free home game with whoever they uh they, they draw in the cup before we uh before we move on there to the Vancouver Whitecaps, just one last specific question, just kind of sum this all up. Alex, in your opinion, do Pacific have a legitimate shot at upsetting TFC tomorrow at BMO Field? I'd suppose, I mean, they do have a shot. I mean, I'll say if I'm going to be an odds maker, I'd put it. 70 30 tfc like it is quite in tfc's favor but i think pacific like i mentioned earlier the one thing is i i'd be very surprised if they came out with the same fear that york had that in that 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 game so uh, from there it ultimately depends to how the 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 game goes one nice thing is with pacific is i think if they go down a goal they won't crumble so at least they'll be able to still make a game of it and if they score first it'll be interesting to see how tfc responds because you know what team crumbles when they get scored on early (laughs) not pacific fc (laughs) exactly and that's the one thing in the york game I would have been very curious to see what happens if York grabs an early goal and they were allowed to to grow some confidence. Because yeah, absolutely. I mean, TFC is a lot more stable right now. They've they've you know they've they've started to figure out a bit you know maybe a little too little too late as the the saying goes. But you know back then, especially during that York game, they were in a very tough spot. So the fact that that York win kind of gave them a bit of confidence yeah. was a, was a game changer. So for for tomorrow, I think yeah, no TFC's favorites. They're at home. They're the more talented team without a doubt, but I just think this Pacific team, if, if TFC thinks they're going to lie down, if they go down a goal, I don't think that's going to happen. I think if TFC yeah. thinks if Pacific goes up a goal, they're still going to be, it's going to be walk. They, they'll, they'll be in for a, a bit of a rude awakening. So I think mm-hmm. they, they just have to, they, they can't treat Pacific lightly because this isn't a, a, the same challenges as, as a York. I think this is Pacific have shown this year. They're in the same tier as a, a forge or a cavalry. And yep. uh, they'll, they'll, they'll look to prove that tomorrow. Cause I mean, we saw it a week ago, forge, gave Montreal everything that they they could at home. I mean, Montreal did play more of a B squad. It sounds like Toronto will, will, will be playing more of an A squad, but still it shows that if you're not careful, you, if you, they, they catch you sleeping, it, the result could go a bit sideways. Absolutely. I got it 90-10. 90-10. Wow, pretty fair. <laughs> you've, got it, you've got it 99-1, Mike. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... 90-10 is, what, is just because <laughs> AGR is on. Yeah, you wanna, yeah, yeah. You yeah, yeah, yeah. want Pacific a little. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, let's talk a bit about the Whitecaps because I feel like the only Please, let's... chatter we've we've had about them today so far has been about probably the low point in their season, which is that loss to Pacific. But obviously things have been much, much better since then. And, you know, they're on the verge of doing something pretty special here. And obviously tonight, you know, they, they have a big game against LAFC. Massive. Yeah, Massive. absolutely. Get us, get us set for that. And, you know, what does that game mean to the Whitecaps in, in terms of a team that hasn't made the playoffs since, what, 2017 and what they could do tonight? Yeah, well, the math is simple. They win. They're in the playoffs for the first time Fantastic. since 2017. Um, with the the way the math stacks up, the, the, they'll eliminate LAFC. And one of Minnesota and LA Galaxy are guaranteed not to be able to catch them because they play each other the last game. So they get three points tonight. They head to the playoffs. If they draw, 
they, they're they're still in a pretty good position. They just can't afford really a loss because the, the way mm. it's then all it gets really out. interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If they lose, and, it's like and then you have play. Seattle on decision day. So mm-hmm. no, basically, it's it's not an easy game because if if you the Whitecaps Bank of California Stadium has kind of been a house of horrors for them the last few mm. years. I mean, this year they had their best result. Uh, in in a while, I think, or close to ever, or since 2018 at least in LA, in Bank of California, was a two two draw. They, they went up two nil, and then they they kind of lost it at the end because LAFC stormed back. But uh, it was better than their last two games, to be fair, which I think were seven nil and six one or something like that in 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 Bank of Ooh. California. So <laughs> it's kind of been a house of horrors mm. for 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 them. But the one big difference is this is Vanny Sartini's first game in the stadium, and the one thing. That, that's been been interesting under Vanny Sartini versus Mark DeSantos. Mark DeSantos, on his day, he, he could be a good coach. On Also, on, when it wasn't his day, he had a few bogey teams, uh, in, in, you know, teams that would really haunt him. SKC, San Jose, LAFC were the three big ones. Uh, well, on, so far under Vanny Sartini, he's beat SKC, he's beat San Jose. This is his chance to, I guess, c- can complete the trifecta of, of Mark DeSantos bogeyman team so it'll be interesting to see how he prepares for LAFC and then handles this because yeah this is just such a big game because you don't want to leave it to Seattle on decision day because Seattle's playing for home field advantage they're playing for the Cascadia Cup the last thing you want to do is is to head into that game with all the pressure on on you no matter how good they've been at home so I think this is the game you want to win you want to sew it up and then you can just focus on heading into that Seattle game okay if you win you might secure home field advantage if you lose Mm -hmm. it's not the end of the world kind of vibe yeah I mean, LA, LAFC are, are like a trapped animal right now. So I wouldn't, I would give them as much respect as they deserve. But, you know, in a very TFC kind of way, if you, if you punch them in the mouth, they fall apart. So if you, if they can, if they can get that first goal, you know, then, then LAFC, it doesn't matter if they're at home, they're a bit shambolic this season. So, I mean, obviously you always want the first goal in any game, but I think it's doubly important coming into, into this tie tonight. No, exactly that. And I mean, I have to confirm, I haven't checked the availability reports, but it sounds like Carlos Vela is going to be back and he's also been a Whitecaps killer. I think every time he plays against the Whitecaps, he has a goal, um, <laughs> except for one or two games. And they've also got, you know, obviously Chicho Arango who's been banging in goals. I think the, the Whitecaps defense has been their strong point as of late, but just dealing with the, the threats of Vela and, and Arango, it, it's going to be, it's going to make it very interesting because... The, the defense is, has been holding up, and I'm sure we can we can talk about that. But uh, will the offense score enough? Is are they able to get into a shootout with LAFC? I don't think so. So it, it's going to hmm. be again. It's going to be interesting. Also, how Sartini responds to Vela potentially being back. How do you you know how do you mark a, a guy like that? How do you mark a guy like Arango who's just been scoring for fun? It's going to be interesting to see how those two things play out too. So your team's in the playoffs, and you have a coach Vanny now. So when do I officially become a Whitecap supporter and switch switch allegiances? Um, uh, my question is, who's been the biggest surprise for the Caps? You guys have made some great signings recently. I mean, obviously Ryan Gold, and and I know you're you're really high on uh, on White. So so what? Who would he you, wasn't? If you remember, he wasn't. I thought you were. I thought you were the guy on Twitter that was always saying, "Why is he not getting any damn minutes under under Dos Santos?" Uh, but I'm, I guess I'm I'm conflating you with some with some other guy that we. Oh, but he anyway, was on our show 
ripping Brian. I wouldn't say ripping, but he definitely did not have a a soft spot for now Brian. Now I remember White, it that now way. Brian White's touch specifically. Yes. <laughs> touch. I mean, I don't know what Vanny's put in his water, if I'm going to be honest, because <laughs> first of all, he's he's developed a pretty good first touch. I don't, you know, cringe every time I, mean, I see him bring, bring down the ball. So that's a first yeah. start. But it's just, yeah, I mean, if, if we're going to answer your question, he has kind of been the guy, one of the guys who has stepped up the most. I mean, Ryan Gold is Ryan Gold. He's a quality yeah. player. He, under Mark DeSantos, you, you kind of saw the first glimpses of that. There's no surprises with Ryan Gold. You are, you're I getting mean, the surprise is how quickly he adapted because I yeah. mean, our DPs still don't know where, where they are in terms of what countries. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I won't oh, that's, interrupt that's you. It. I just had to get I, my I guess out in. So. <laughs> you know, it's a very valid point and that's why it's mm. with Ryan Gold. I guess you're you're right in the sense that you're it's surprising how quick he's he's integrated in but at the same time the quality is there. He's he was playing in Portugal who I mean it, it, this year is rated the the fifth best league in Europe. It's at minimum it's the nice. sixth best league in Europe. So it, it, he can, he came from a good league. He's obviously a very talented player. It's not that surprising to see even his low bar would have been a huge, huge add to the Whitecaps. It's I think a guy like White is is a great example. I mean, he's just he's just doing everything right right now. He's he's just doing all the little things a striker can do. I think you can tell what a bit of confidence is done for him. Yeah. I think under Mark DeSantos, he just he looked clunky. He didn't look like he knew what he was doing. He was just kind of getting isolated up top. Whereas now Vanny Sartini's found a way to get him involved in games, get him touches. He's just he's so lethal in the six yard box. As, as soon as he, he gets those those you know, he's not scoring 20, 30 yard you know worldies or anything crazy. Yeah, he's just yeah. scoring headers and, and low finishes in the box, but that's all you need from your striker because he's Absolutely. getting into those those positions in the first place. The one nice thing that is with him is that he's also been extremely selfless as a striker. He's pressing high, he defends from the front, and I think he's just been everything the, the white caps have, have needed just because he fills a role at number nine. He's very industrial, but industrial is, is, is what they need because before they kind of needed a striker who, who could carry things a bit. There was, they were asking a lot of their number nine, whereas now Vanny Sartini's simplified it a lot, and I think that fits White, White's role to a, a tease, the kind of guy who can just kind of plug in there and, and, and get the job done. But to kind of go otherwise, if you're going to look at some players who have stepped up a lot under Vanny Sartini, I'll shout out Leonard Owusu. Because mm-hmm. three months ago, it looked like he was bound to leave the club and he, he was just frozen out. He wasn't playing. And now he he's just bossing the midfield week in, week out, looking like the player we knew he could be, but really just never got the the chance or the confidence to to, to be. So that's also been a, a revelation to see him and Russell Tybert, who, you know, a few months ago, I mean, he's obviously the club captain. He's been around for a while, but he's a very polarizing figure. But now he's... Whether some people like to admit it or not, and it's still a very tough discussion, Whitecaps land, because anytime you talk about Russell Tiber, it'll just be, you know, it's just going to be conflict in your mentions. Half the people think he's, <laughs> he's you know, he's, he's untouchable. The other half just they want to ship him to Siberia. You kind of can't. You know, <laughs> his play the last few few weeks, few months can't be denied. He's been playing like a whole new player. So those two two in particular have also stepped up. And then lastly, just the back five. I think yeah. at the beginning of the year, the the defense it was just very rocky the back line there's no stability it just felt like the white caps were always at one one game away from having a four five nil uh game but right now they're they're not only keeping goals against to a minimum but they're also keeping the expected goals the shots against all those metrics that they struggled in the last few years they've been 
I think under Vanny Sartini, for the most part, been actually one of the top five, top 10 defensive teams in MLS. Hmm. And for me, that's the biggest game changer. Because yeah. under Mark DeSantos, they wanted to be defensively solid. They weren't. Whereas now, under Vanny Sartini, they found that defensive solidity. And they're they're good for a, a goal or two at the other end, which was also something they struggled for, for at times under DeSantos. Right on. Uh, Cavallini. Is he not long for this world in a Caps uniform? It's the, it's the million dollar, I guess the $5 million question around these parts. I mean, how do you respond to the fact that in, I think it, it, Brian White came in June for, for 400K. Lucas Cavallini has been here since last year at 6 million. Brian White has already outscored Lucas Cavallini's entire output as a cap, which I think is nine goals, whereas Brian White's already up to 12. It's tough for, for, for Lucas Cavallini because, I mean, half That's of tough. it is, is, is not his fault. He's been injured for, for – he was injured at the start of the Sartini era, so he didn't really get that chance to stake out his, his spot. He's been injured for much of this year. Obviously, last year wasn't exactly what I'd call a striker-friendly Whitecaps team. But at the same time, if, if you're the Whitecaps, you can't help but be intrigued. You're getting all this value from White at one-tenth of the price for Cavallini. Mm-hmm. It makes sense to say you get rid of him and find another DP in other positions in the field. Beat on the oh, way. I have a solution. Or, I have a solution. Let's hear it. Cavity TFC, and we have a DP number nine that we can send back your way. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be a great. Which deal. one? Is it Josie Alton or is it like Jefferson Satel? <laughs> uh, hey, so it's gotta be it's gotta be oh, We can we can make him a nine, man. Don't worry about it. You want it? you want Satel? No. <laughs> I don't want to get into this, but no. He's, he's a great, fantastic player. I want him I don't at know. TFC. I don't I don't know if I want Cava at TFC. Uh, uh, if we're if we're getting a new number nine, I kind of want someone that hasn't been injured in the, at all in the last like. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were trying to ship Sateldo off. I was talking about the, our boy Yeti here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I mean I don't know. I I, I think six billion dollars is a, is a huge salary in MLS, and and you know unfortunately that comes with expectations that you maybe wouldn't get at that at that salary range in some of the other leagues. Um. And and expectations, and I don't know if he's met them. And and you know, you guys have hit on some of these other signings, and you're getting great value out of out of some of these uh, some of these lower price signings. So he may just be in the wrong place at the wrong time at this point, uh, and that's through no fault of his own. I think. I mean, just to to add to to it, it's going to be. I think it, these this next month and a bit is going to be telling because. He just first of all, he needs a goal. I don't I think his yeah. last goal came on July fourth, which for a strike I think in, in he's only played ten or twelve games over that time, but for a striker, you know it's weighing on him. You can tell him yeah. how he's thinking, I need a goal, I need a goal. Because it's a, obviously it's affecting his position with the White Cast, but it's also starting to impact his position with Canada. Like if anything, yep. he's very lucky that Canada is is surprisingly thin at the number nine position and Cavallini and I was yeah, and I was yeah. And you know the uh, the other options include like he's just he's lucky right now because I I think if you're going off of form is he in this November squad uh, for for Canada it's it's you can very make a very convincing argument that he that he shouldn't be that even like a guy like a Tesho Akindeli would be a, ahead of him right now so mm. he needs a goal he, that, that's desperately yeah because he's always been a form streaky player last year I think he struggled the first part of the season he scored a goal then he finished with five or six goals in his last 10 games he's a streaky player he's been like that since his you know since he was playing in Liga MX 
But uh, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see if he can adapt because on right now he's a super sub on the White Caps. Mm-hmm. Whether he likes six it or million not, super sub, yeah, yeah. Until he starts scoring goals and, and and shows that he can be a better asset on the field to to Vanny Sartini's system than Brian White, he's a super sub. And I think if you're Cavallini, there can be some value in that. Okay, you accept that role. You know that okay, you're only going to play thirty. If he can go out and start scoring goals, he'll be in the starting eleven. In no time, and that's not the worst thing for the Whitecaps as a club in the playoffs to have a player like Cavallini coming off the bench, giving you depth if he's committed to the role. And that's the one thing I hope he realizes. Okay, if he can commit himself to this role, maybe this will give him a bit of form before before the season comes, and then in the off season, the Whitecaps will have decisions to make. Because the the one thing is with Cavallini, if you sell him right now. You're, you're getting one-fifth of the, the cost. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. do the Whitecaps want to do that? That's not smart business. If anything, you sell high on Brian White because who knows how long he can keep up this heater. You trade him in, in a team That's in true. MLS who desperately needs a striker. They overpay Wow. You. Maybe they wow. give you an extra center back or something That's that cold. the Whitecaps need. <laughs> Lucas Tevlini is the guy next year. Everything's fresh. He gets a full year of Ryan Gold. All of this is forgotten. So mm-hmm. it's going to open up a bunch of questions. If should Cavalini get a bit of form, it might make that that – option i just presented a little more attractive to the white caps because you know if if, if cavallini shows some form all of a sudden you could trade brian white while while his stock is high and, and recoup something but if not it's going to be interesting do they dare sell him at, at a cost uh you know versus you, you bought him for six mil you sell him for two mil how does that look not great or an option that, that i did here was was pretty interesting you loan him to a club say back in Mexico, you let him get his legs back and then you you, you let a, you decide what to do with them in a year or two. You kind of kick the problem down the road, so to speak. I, I'm laughing here because it literally what does it sounds sound like, like you're talking about Joe's, Josie yep. Altadar. <laughs> <laughs> like I've been grinning for like two minutes. I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. does this ever sound familiar? Like, <laughs> I think he's not the only one with the DP number nine problem yeah, just, here. Just hanging I like wonder, an albatross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder how much of it is system oriented because whenever Cava seems to go with the men's national team, it seems like he's scoring goals for fun. And I wonder if that's, you know, maybe because of the quality of opposition or is that because of the system and the type of, of what he's being asked to do with the national team as opposed with to with Vancouver? How much is that is maybe because he, he hasn't had much time playing with Ryan Gold? I think all of those factors are, are very valid. I think one thing too is he's always been a player who's just his bread and butter has been getting on the end of low crosses. He scored a lot of goals in Mexico off of low and even crosses with his head. Whereas if you watch him play, it feels like he hasn't had a chance like that to score in, in, in months. So mm-hmm. not only is it on him to, cause obviously yes, as a striker, you depend on the service around you. And that's why it's such a unique position because guys mm-hmm. go through slumps that aren't their fault at all. But at the same time, the big thing with Cavalini right now is, is it's just, his attitude at times. I think it, it's, it's, he, you can tell it's wearing on him and you don't blame the guy for feeling a bit down, but I think he just realizes he needs to get into the trenches a bit more because that's yeah. his style, but he's, he's just got a lot of misdirected frustration right now that for example, with Canada, you don't see, cause he's kind of got that quality of players around him. He's got a system that kind of uh, suits him. So I think with, with, with Cavallini he just needs, uh, he needs to, to 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 start getting in the trenches a bit more, doing a little more of the d- the dirty work, yeah, and then just yeah. making those chances. Because sometimes when the luck isn't going your way, you got to make yeah your your own luck. And I think you with, with Canada in the yep. past, he's mm-hmm. he's always made his own luck. He's he's found a way to to be a proper number nine, get on the edge of chances, and 
with the white caps that just isn't happening right now or just shit house like if we're being honest when, when all <laughs> things fail for Kava, he just he just goes conca cava and then we love him extra <laughs> um what nice. what i'm what i'm reading here is is Cavs is now taking my boy to St. Ricketts spot in your in your playoff hopes. Which <laughs> I mean, if you don't need him, we'll take him back like in a second. I, I because uh, we're, Jeff what was just it, wants to recreate week? 2017. Yeah, who doesn't? <laughs> bring it back. Who doesn't? <laughs> um, no, I mean, I was impressed last week. How many game winning goals this toss have based on Martin's stats? He's like third five on the I team. Think. Yeah, yeah that's that's pretty history. that's pretty fantastic for a guy that basically only played the the minute, the stoppage time minutes in his entire TFC career. Mm-hmm. So um that's dangerous. Like having Kava as a late sub and then having Toss to come in for like the last five minutes and just terrorize. I, I wouldn't want to face Vancouver in the playoffs if if they make it. And how many uh, goals does Toss have this season? How many minutes played scored? does Toss have this season? Yeah, I don't think he scored uh, this year, if I'm not mistaken. He had two last year in, in limited minutes. Uh, he looked, well, last year he was also he was, he was healthy and, and, and he was looking good. Right now he's, he's he's just had a rough year. He had a death in his family earlier in the year. He's also Crap. been out with an injury as of late. So, yeah, he has maybe a handful of games, 200 minutes. So, if he could get healthy for the for the playoffs, I would. Should they make it that far, it wouldn't be the worst thing to have, like you mentioned, Jeff. But uh, well, he's yeah, no, he's what thirty four now, thirty five. He's got to be getting up there in in age. Well, he still has five ten minutes of of legs. I think the the game yeah, I remember fair. correctly was Houston back in May. It's it's a, it's a bit of a throwback, but it was his first game of the season, if I remember correctly. He played fifteen minutes. He helped the Whitecaps. Uh, they they were down 2-0. They, they ended up losing 2-1. So he didn't help them get any points. But I, mm-hmm. he looked very good for the 15 minutes he was on. He helped create a goal with his, with his pressing. So I think he still has a role should he nice. get healthy. But I think he's out right now with an injury. So, hey, maybe knock on wood that he can uh, he can make him back in time. Good All stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, great stuff from you today, Alex. Thank you so much for coming on. Tell us, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Between the Sticks and you got the newsletter now as well. So, you know, we plugged uh, plugged the alarm clock and <laughs> your yeah. grandpa already, but let's get some uh, <laughs> some of your work plugged as well. Yeah, no, for sure. Obviously, you can find me uh, on Twitter at Alex Gongiruzic, uh Between the Sticks uh, at BTS Fan City, BTSFanCity.com. Doing a lot of white caps and Pacific stuff on there. Obviously, Canada is as well because there's lots going on. Canada camp coming up next week. I mean, I'm I'm happy that uh, myself and a couple of us West Coasters over here we're going to be heading out to Edmonton for nice. six days. So I'm going to have to pack a very big coat for for that. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you don't pack it. You wear it on the plane well, because that's it. Yeah, I'm going to wear yeah, yeah. maybe two yeah. big coats on the plane because it's going to be a cold one. So mm-hmm. a lot of Canada stuff, especially coming down. That's where the newsletter comes into play. Destroyingprogress.substack.com. Great read, guys. Doing a lot of bonus content and whatnot on, on there with Canada games coming up. I mean, I'm going to be posting up in Edmonton. There's not much to do there. So maybe I'll even have extra bonus writing stuff uh, to, to do. Cause those are two massive games and it's just massive games all around massive games with Pacific massive games with white caps, massive games with Canada. It, it's, 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 it's been a fun time to, to cover those really things. Has. So I'll do my best to, to put my thoughts in a, in a words on those, those mediums when I can. And we'll do our best to read them, which is means that we're going to read them because we love reading your stuff. So that's true. Yeah. No. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining us. Say hi to Tagua for me when you're out in Edmonton. I know he'll be uh, <laughs> he'll be out there buzzing around. So yeah, we are definitely mm-hmm. looking forward to the Canada stuff as well on the show. All right. Thanks. Always guys. good Pleasure to chat. We'll see you next time, buddy. Right. Thanks, Alex. Cheers. 
Yeah, right. Alex, man, bringing some positivity. Like you said, there's so many big games for Canada, so many it's big crazy. games for the Pacific, so many big games for the Whitecaps. There haven't been that many big games, obviously, this year for TFC, just the way the season's gone and the way that you know things looked bad right from the start almost. But I did want to highlight that game against Atlanta this past weekend because I do think in some ways that was a, a reason for hope in the fact that we talked last week on the show Michael, you know, given the past of the things, the way things have gone, we were talking about if Toronto FC sit guys for the specific game, you know, this could end up in another 5 nothing drubbing with the mm-hmm. young guns. It's not what happened. The young guys showed could've. up in a big way. It could have happened. Could've. I mean, yeah. I, mean I saw that. I saw that lineup and I was like, 5 sure. nothing. Yeah. I have nothing. Yeah. Sure. But mm-hmm. the only goal they, they end up conceding is a, is a massive mistake of their own. And then they, you know, they by and large put in a pretty solid performance and, there's there's some hope there. I mean, Julian Dunn. Yeah, Julian Dunn, fantastic performance. I think uh, a good quote from uh, uh, from Perez. Um, I think it's no secret for us that we are. Maybe I was literally going to bring cycle. that same quote there up. You there you go. There you go. What Michael says not part. Well, of you both you both said you were going to bring <laughs> it up. I haven't read it, and you both talked over each other. So for the benefit of me <laughs> and our listening audience, can somebody read the damn quote. Yeah. I, I th- yeah. All right. All right. I don't know that that's true, but I think it's I don't no think it's. For- yeah. Go ahead. Wow. Now Jeff's talking over this. <laughs> this is a great. This is a great moment of, of podcasting. But all right. I think it is no secret for us that we are maybe at the end of a cycle. And it's good to see all these young players and see the future of the club doesn't need to rely necessarily on bringing in a lot of players. I think we have enough quality and we have the youth ready to step up. I think we have a good balance between very experienced players and younger players. Why'd you look so nervous reading that? Is it yeah, it was like, it was like, it was like listening to Yeats. It was crazy. That was like a book reading. I felt like bringing out a, a cigarette and a, and a beret and just beating it along. Uh, it also started like three times. No, so that that's a that's a really interesting quote because two things. Well, a we don't even know what the status is of Javier Perez and whether or not he'll even be here in the future. Yeah. So it's really interesting that he's making that that quote, whether it's a pitch to to the front office that you know he he believes in the youth here, or whatever it was. Um, and B, of course, is is talking about that youth, and it's really interesting how. You know, he's saying that we have a lot of talent here in terms of youth and we don't necessarily need to bring in players next season. Well, I mean, if that was really the case, then I feel like TFC should have had a much better season this season. And we should have been playing the youth a lot earlier this season. Played some of those guys. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's really, really interesting to me. I think it's just at this point, we absolutely need to bring in uh quite a bit of players i don't think the you know i've been a proponent of of playing young guns but you have to play the young guns alongside quality mls veterans and Mm -hmm. quality um players and i I think the players that we usually rely on as veterans have have regressed quite a bit and i don't know if they're capable of of you know holding up the ship anymore so i think there needs to be a lot of turnover and that being said, I, I do think there's there is room for the youth. And I think a player again, I mentioned off the bat there, Julian Dunn, like what a performance he put in. He looked like a composed defender that wasn't out of his element. Like he did not look intimidated whatsoever. There was a countless times where he was put in one v one, one v two situations, and this guy stood his ground like an MLS veteran. He didn't jump in. He looked like a 
the best way I can kind of sum up and put this is that he looked like a defender. He looked mm-hmm. like he he really belonged there. And this isn't a knock on Luke Singh at all, but when Luke Singh is out there, it looked like he was kind of battling and trying to figure everything out on the fly. Mm-hmm. Julian Dunn looked like he had it figured out. Like he, Luke Singh's positioning looked like he was looking over his shoulder quite a bit, like trying to figure out exactly where he should be. Where Julian Dunn, it, it, it really looked like it, really natural. Um, you know, I, I like Luke Singh's ceiling. I think Luke Singh has a tremendous amount of talent. He has great touches. He's very skilled. But I think he he needs to learn the game in terms of position position wise and and where to be at the right time a little bit better. Where Julian Dunn like Absolutely. he he looked like he was there. It's funny because remember when when we still when Chris Mavinga still had that new CB smell and he and he, we played him against Atlanta and we were like what were we thinking? It's yeah. interesting how sometimes Atlanta is the harbinger of of, of TFC CBs. Um, I don't know what kind of lessons we can take out of that game. If you look at like if you I mean sure it was it was a wonderful result an unexpected result but Atlanta lost that game. I don't necessarily oh, know sure. if if we even had a had a place in that narrative, right? Like Barco that's one of the most terrible perform like Barco regressed 2 years in that game. That was the Barco that Atlanta <laughs> wanted to sell. No, it's true. He it was the worst. Like there was so much selfishness. Martinez never misses like that like that was a howler of a game from joseph martinez all of the stats support that like they atlanta should have been up 17 nothing by halftime like we they tore through us so many goddamn times and then barco just did barco things and like took two extra touches or turned around the wrong way or forgot that he was playing soccer um you know and then you got joseph just laying an egg and then um what the guy that they took from leal had a terrible game um, their new Argentinian number 10 also had a piss poor game. Um, you know, it was nice to see and, and it was fun, but I don't know if we, I don't know if we can be making grand proclamations off the back of that game, because quite honestly, we look like garbage out there. Um, super harsh. I, I mean, the fact, like, uh, did you see the goal that, Quentin conceded like that's sure. not that's a one-off you know, mistake yeah. no it's a, I mean unfortunately he's, he's got a tendency of doing that I, I, again I I I love it I hope it's great for confidence I hope Jordan Dunn I mean uh, I hope Dunn runs with this I hope Peruzza run yeah. yeah Julian and I, I mean Jordan Julian I'm getting messed up but I hope <laughs> uh I hope Peruzza runs with this opening his account I mean I hope I hope that the knock-on effect confidence wise is it it exponentially higher than the deserved confidence that we should be taking from the game. And again, I, 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 I take back, we looked absolutely terrible, but we were not world beaters out there. We were pylons in our own game. So, you know, uh, Atlanta lost I think lost that's that taken one. a little bit, like I'm with you there that I think Atlanta should have won that game, but I don't think that's, that's like giving TFC enough credit. Okay. Like, Tell me why. Well, A, look at the players that were on the pitch. Like there sure. was, Jaquil Marcerudi played, what, almost the full 90 full minutes? 90, I think, mm-hmm. yeah. Or the full ninety. Um, this was a good again, good thing to see. Jaden Nelson as well played mm-hmm. a huge chunk of that game. Obviously, Julian Dunn making his first MLS start in three years since, since Houston. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's a lot of different things that you can point to in terms of the quality of TFC's roster. There again, Pozuelo Altador only played the half. So, like the expectation going into that game, as me and Mitch talked about off the top, of that should have. You know, maybe been a five nothing game based on the mm-hmm. the, 
the roster that TFC is putting out, and especially the the desperation Atlanta was supposed to be in. Right, oh, Atlanta yeah. was on the brink of a playoff spot. That's a three points in the bag at home against a team like TFC, who's resting players for a midweek Canadian Championship match. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, like I don't, I don't think TFC again should have won that game or tied that game, but I don't think they look like, like garbage, as you're saying. Um, and but I you're think, not yeah, disgusted with me, Nathan. Nathan thinks that you're disgusted with me, and we're gonna we're gonna have handbags. <laughs> Any t- anytime Jeff yeah. opens his mouth, guys, I look disgusted with him. <laughs> <laughs> it's because he's got resting um, bitch face, but that's fine. That's fine. Go ahead. Or if he's talking about Jefferson's hotel, though, I just want to yeah. jump through my laptop. And just, <laughs> you know, go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> um, mm. But yeah, man, like. Again, like I think we have to take it for what it is. Like the expectation going into that game was it was going to be very ugly, and it yeah. wasn't. And that that's a victory on its own. Now I'm not that's saying, point. you know, from this point, Julian Dunn is TFC's new center back, but it is you know Some something at least to build on, right? Well, I mean, people say stuff after every single game. Mm-hmm. So True one enough. game, people are saying Jefferson Soteldo is is I mean the other game he's the worst player in the league, like. It, it really <laughs> is knee jerk a lot of the times from some of the yep, TFC yep. fan knee, just knee fan jerk from this jerk. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, um, but yeah, I think it's something to build off. One thing I like is that Jeff started taking shots at Jefferson Soteldo like during interviews and stuff. Like when Michael mm. doesn't have like an appropriate chance to respond. Like it's it's so, yeah, yeah. It's you, so you do segues. You do segues. I do Crown Prince of Chaos. But yeah, uh, I just respond again? with my looks to Jeff. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah did, his, his patented looks of disgust. Yeah. I, I did yeah. want to mention that Prusa goal because now he becomes the fifth. TFC youth player to score the first goal of the season. We had a good post on our uh, Waking mm-hmm. Red Instagram account, uh, that being Luke Sang, Schaffelberg, Noble Callow, Ralph Prizo, and now Prutza scoring that goal. Obviously, nice to see. Um, Shout out Anthony Corey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I did. I did want to say though, like uh, again with the the whole youth movement thing, I think I'm more towards Michael in terms of the fact that. You know, I don't think that we can just play the roll out the youth next season in terms of a, of a plan. Like the there's three guys who I think have proven their MLS starters at this point this season in terms mm-hmm. of the young guns. Uh, two of them have been injured for most of the year, and that's Io Akinola and, and Ralph Prizo. I think those are two MLS starters, and then Jacob Schaffelberg is is yep. as well. So I think you can build around those guys in terms of Absolutely. the young players. All the other guys aren't quite there yet. Has Jacob proven it? Yes, I think yes. I think in the second half of the season, I think he's absolutely proven he's an MLS starter. I mean, Griffin, like you said six months ago, this is an MLS where Griffin Dorsey is getting starting minutes for well, for Houston, right? The so, reason I'm asking that is because Jacob had a terrific couple of weeks before that Canada camp. Yeah. He looked decent after the camp, but he wasn't at the same level he was before the camp, at least in my opinion. Sure. I think he's. I think he still had some great moments. Though. I mean, he's he had forced, great moments. He forced for that sure. goal yeah. against Philadelphia Union, where he put that cross in, where you know they kind of had to redirect it in their net. I, yeah. I know it's a mistake, but I still think like when you no play Josie that would have been there to tap it. In, yeah, so exactly. I take that. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. He had that moment against Atlanta where he just turns and rifles a shot that honestly was one of TFC's best chances. So I think there's, I think there's still a confidence level from him that that's up there, and I do think. Mm-hmm. I do think like this past little bit, he's proven that. He so has that the reason I'm saying that is because we haven't seen it for a really long period of time. We had mm-hmm. saw it during a congested schedule where he's he's shown that he can definitely hang hang an MLS and he could actually 
make a difference in Major League Soccer. I'm just wondering, can you do that over the course of a season? Can you do that over the course of a season? Well, I don't think think he's ever been given that chance. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think given what we've seen, I think it's worth giving him that chance next year. Yeah, I just I'm just yeah. not like writing in the box check. He's an MLS starter yet for me, That's um, fair. but I do think he absolutely has the potential to be. So I That's don't want to take anything away from him because he has looked really good of late. And I think I think all the young guns have looked really good out of late. I think the Jaquils and the and the Jadens, you know, are really getting mm-hmm. getting the benefit of these reps. You know, they're starting to to feel themselves out there. And and I think that that's, uh, that's really positive, which is why I'd like to see them, you know, get some minutes against Pacific because I'd like to see them against a, a CPL uh, level opposition and, and just see, do they start clowning guys at that level? Right. Like, because I, you know, it would be, it would be an interesting, just, just as a thought exercise for me to see, you know, where, where they are in terms of. <laughs> guys, of, you heard it here the, first. Jeff wants to see it happen. TFC. Come on. Just for Jeff. Just yeah, let just it happen, guys. Jeff wants them to use the semifinals as a thought exercise. As a thought exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, uh, yeah, he's not. Okay, so Graham agrees with you. Um, David Ackerman says midfield is basically the same next year. I mean, we're getting a lot of questions for, I guess, the, the segment that we owe, which is the who stays and who goes uh, mm-hmm. that Mitch suggested. I mean, you know, well, no, it's not. Michael no, it's suggested not. that. Also. Yeah, Michael it suggested that. So. Whoa, okay. But I yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. taking credit for things that I didn't do. That's a, well, that's a theme I, on this. I, mean, I never. <laughs> my my yeah, who steals questions all the time? My my answer is uh, is you know I think Del, there's a question mark on on Mark Delgado uh, for next year because he's probably going to want a pay raise, and we well, are it just so signed up to a long term deal. He just got he just literally got this a year pay raise to a long term deal. So then, where did I read? But forget it. Your okay. source is wrong, man. Your source, source is wrong. Is wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna. He just mm-hmm. signed a long-term contract with TFC, and they got Mark locked up. So he, I don't think he's a question mark at all. He's twenty. Was he twenty-five, twenty-six now? He's twenty-five forever. He'll never be. Okay, 26. so he's twenty-six now. Because I remember yeah. we were making that joke. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's he's got bright future ahead of him, and I don't think there's many players on TFC who have more appearances or minutes played in, in the league than Mark Delgado. I'm not I'm not um, arguing. I'm just I'm saying they're gonna be looking for some salary relief if we've got a if we've got a re Yeah, I don't think it comes so. from Delgado. No, I think there's some yeah. other places. There's, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm including those other places by the way. Sure. I, I'm 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 yeah. approaching this from from the pie in the sky. Everybody that we want gone is gone and we may still need salary relief if 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 you know we have that's a off, lot of salary because I mean if our off season plans Omar Gonzalez's contract you take off Omar Gonzalez's contract and that's over a million off the books right there. And that's mm-hmm. not even getting into the Patrick Mullins of the world, the Erickson Gallardo's of the world, you know, there's, there's a lot of money. Yeah. Yeah. The goalkeepers yeah. are an interesting one. I, I know again, we're eventually going to get into this fully, a little bit but more. someone brought yeah. up a great point that I, that I kind of like, which is the fact that you've got Dane St. Clair, who TFC should have drafted in the first place, by the way. I know they also we, gra- we drafted Tejon. Dorsey, yeah. Yeah, well, they also I mean, could yeah. have had Tejon in that draft. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. you've got Dane St. Clair, who's a great goalie for my money, sitting on the bench in Minnesota United. I, I feel like you could very easily make that happen and bring him in. This is a guy who's been with the national team recently. This is a really solid goalkeeper. I feel, like, I feel like that's a guy you could bring in alongside a veteran like Quentin Westberg or, or Alex Bono if you want to keep him, and that could be your future and goal there. I think that would cost a pretty penny, though. 
Because I, I don't know. I don't know. He, well, like, the reason I'm saying that is because when Alex Bono was rumored to be on the market when he was about 25 years old, sure. he this was a guy who was riding the bench at the time for over a season. Um, mm-hmm. He was obviously found great success for for Toronto FC during 2017. Um, the price asking price for him was was quite hefty when you hear about some of the names that were you know linked with mm-hmm. with him in, in return. Um, oh yeah, that was the Gressel. Uh, Julian yeah. Gressel was part yeah. of one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dane St. Clair, man, like he's a generation Adidas draft pick. Yeah, meaning. He doesn't. He's not going to count against your salary budget. Exactly. You can pay him a little bit more, and he's not going to count against your. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of. There's a lot of value in his contract, and like you said, he has national team experience. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a. That's yeah, a. I don't. I don't think it's something realistic. you can acquire very he cheaply. May, he so they trade Josie for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Please. In this, in this pie in the sky where everybody wants yeah. Josie and and are willing to give up you know, uh, uh, beautiful contracts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have to table that, but, uh, do you want to end on, um, I like the thought Forge? though. I mean, that'd be great. Oh yeah. That'd let's, be let's fantastic. End on, let's end on Seba, I think. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I do want, I do want to say one thing about the, the forge versus Montreal can champ game. Sure. Uh, it was fan. I mean, I was there. Jeff was, was at that game. Yeah. And, uh, um, you know, it, there was like 6,500 people at, at uh, Tim Hortons, which unfortunately still looks pretty empty, but would have been, you know, people hanging off the rafters at, at Starlight, uh, which is unfortunate, but, you know, par for the course. What a heartbreaker. I mean, mm. I brought I brought a lot of newbies to the game and they were all uniformly like this, the vibe at this is amazing. And I had to remind them that, you know, most games don't end with an 11 round penalty shootout. But uh, um yeah, what a heartbreaker! It really, really was. Uh, you know, it 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 felt like Forge were the were the better team, the team of destiny. We've been there before with this club. Uh, you know, they got to figure out penalties, uh, as you know, as, as if you can just by magically waving a, a wand. Um, and that's all I'll say about it. I mean, I I, I I'm upset uh, that that it wasn't another cup set because I think it was so close, but. Uh, you know, congrats to the boys. They they really came out, and you know, sometimes sometimes Lady Luck isn't on your side. Yeah, Montreal sure survived a couple punches. A eh? like they yeah. they they were close with Halifax there um, until the end, and then you know now they now they get by Forge on penalties. So, who they, they really got to this? They should final have lost run. in that shootout too. Yeah, one hundred percent. They should have. Yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah, really yeah. should have lost that that game. But you know what? um that's it is what it is that's that's yeah, the sport that's yeah that's how yeah, you get to the yeah. final but uh let's quickly talk about seven to tfc because john Molinaro had a bit of reporting on this for over at tfc republic mm-hmm. um not a done deal for his his tfc source and the report is that they're actually pretty far apart on money as sebastian javinko still wants to get paid like a designated player then obviously the uh whole allocation order thing as well which is which is a, a hurdle but not i don't think a big one i've seen no, that no, thing traded very easily if if they get the contract done. That's that's not going to be a hurdle whatsoever. I no, don't especially think. I mean, as they're at the bottom of the standings yeah. too. You not just that very far. Not just yeah. that the player the player is not going to come to any other club but TFC, right? So the allocation yeah. order is realistically just what are you willing to per, to pay us TFC ransom. if you want it? Yeah, right? it's yeah, ransom. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's ransom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, 
you know, am I surprised that it's not a done deal? Of course, I'm not surprised. There's so many moving parts going into this offseason and Seb has got to, he can't be the priority here, right? Like, you know, in terms of, let's put it this way, in terms of who's going to be the, the boss, right? I, and then all the dominoes fall from there. Um, and also the allocation order as unimportant and ransom as it is, the season still has to end before we find out who we're trucking that bag of money to potentially to, to, to get Seba. So that's not a surprise. Um, in the, the, the rumor that he wants DP money is a surprise because that never mm-hmm. occurred to me. I mean, the, the, the general consensus was, is that he knew what he was getting into. Uh, approaching these these negotiations and that and 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 this quest for DP money screams of his exit in twenty in twenty nineteen right like the disconnect between the 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 Seba and his agent you know what what they think the player's value is and then what what his actual value is and and if it's true and I don't necessarily think it is um, that's disappointing because it suggests that 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 learning experience never actually took place and we're right back to where we were before. Um, but again, I don't. I don't necessarily believe that it's true. Yeah, I don't I'm know. with Jamo's. Jamo's pretty right usually. I'll just say, Jamo. Jamo is like money. Um, but when it comes to Sebastian Javanko rumors in this city, no one ever really has their their finger on the pulse when it comes to stuff with them. Um, with that being and said, this could be coming from front office. This could be front office shenanigans to sort of you know, uh, 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 take our mind off it so that it's extra surprising when the announcement comes through, right? Yeah, yeah. With, with that being said, like, with, with Sebastian Javinko, like, if he wants anywhere close to TAM or, or DP money, then it, it's a, there's, there's no reason TFC should do that. That, no, that doesn't make any yeah, sense. No. And I, I think we were all under the impression, and I'm surprised, you know, Javinko isn't under the same boat. Just if he wants to be here, it should never be about money. Like if, no. he, if he's holding out to, to come back he's to Toronto, he's lost that privilege. Yeah, money should never be be a, a factor here. Um, so, I guess I'm wondering now is if that's really the case. As I'm with you, Jeff. I'm not sure if, if I'm sold on that yet because no, no, because it 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 it's flies in the face of this whole redemption arc, right? Like, well, not only that, every- Sebastian Javinko mm-hmm. has an opportunity to chat with any club in the world that he wants. It's it's he's been a free agent for the last three months, but yeah. for whatever reason, he's showing up to every TFC game. Yeah, he's yeah. getting the, you know, obviously the legacy treatment. Let's call it. But well put, well put. We know his something- agent hustles. Right. We know we know that his agency hustle like nobody's business. So three months is like three years in, in D'Amico time. And right. Like he could be like it's not the off season everywhere in the world. He could be playing right now. Yeah. Right. But there, there's something there that he, he's not playing and he's still showing up to TFC games. So I don't want to write him off just yet. I want to see how mm. this kind of saga plays out again. Um, yeah. yeah. And I guess we'll we'll only see towards the off season. And you know, if if Seba wants that money, he can he can get it. But it just won't be won't be an MLS. I'm guessing. No, and it won't be with no. us. And if it is with yeah. us, then we're idiots. Because wow, I mean, wow, like there's no decent. You're an idiot, n- Jeff. 
Don't say we're idiots. You're an idiot. <laughs> oh, I mean TFC and on, on the whole to be offering all up for another... one, baby, all for one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just called me an idiot, and I'm not sure if you meant it or not. That was. Some good... I, don't know. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, you should... did bring up the Everson yeah. Hotel there. Yeah. So, <laughs> kind of. Uh, that, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I I agree with you, Mike. I, I I think that where there's smoke, there's fire, and this kind of flies in the face of what we've seen with our own eyes. So there's a disconnect there. Um, and, yeah. and I just, I just, I just don't know. I, it, it, I don't know. I don't know if I, let me, if I let me close that. it off this way and, and say mm-hmm. the only way Seba does come back to TFC is if he does take that major hometown discount. So I think right now the ball's in Seba's court, it's Absolutely. Up to whether or not he, he wants to do that. And if he does, I, I think, you know, we, we see him back in red, um, come, come January or February, yep. whenever training camp opens. I agree. Let's uh, let's wrap things up there before we have another fight about <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Usually these no, you're an idiot. But... No, yeah. no, Mitch, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, yeah, that just goes without me. saying, though. I have to actually yeah. tell Jeff he's an idiot, so he knows it. Mitch <laughs> just knows it. <laughs> wow, Mike's just throwing yeah, heaters. Wow, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. on here too long with you guys. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks to Alex. Alex uh, got an idiot. <laughs> He's idea, nice. We really appreciate yeah, yeah. him coming yeah. on, Very on smart the show guy. today and bringing yeah, yeah. Uh, bringing us some knowledge about uh, all things West Coast. So. Uh, that was great. Thanks to all of you for for listening. You're also not idiots. We really appreciate all the, <laughs> all the info you bring us in the uh, in the the comments section there. Mm. Um, and you know, next week we might have a, a pretty special guest on the show. So definitely uh, stay tuned for that. We'll be announcing that uh, at some point in the coming week. And you know, we're, we definitely think you guys are going to like it. But uh, yeah, on behalf of uh, Jeffrey Pinesker and Michael Singh, a couple of idiots. My name is Mitchell Tierney, and <laughs> until next Tuesday. Yeah, idiots. Cheers, guys. <laughs>